Hey, slop dog! The Brainiacs are ready! Welcome, welcome, welcome into Leather Brains. Your host here, Slap Dog. Today being October 18th, it is the official end of week six and the beginning of week seven. I am joined here today by my very good friend, Yeti Yeti. How you doing, buddy? Ladies and gentlemen, happy hump day. Mm. We are on a week seven, and for all those people who play fantasy football, halfway through the uh, regular season for fantasy football, man. That makes yeah, me that sad. Is pretty heartbreaking, huh? It is. It is very heartbreaking. It's not something that, like, you know, as people who live, breathe, and eat fantasy football, it's really sad to know that we are already halfway through the year. And uh, there is some like crazy people who are like played a week fifteen or sixteen. Definitely, dude, those those people are just insane, and there's no reason to do that. So, week fourteen is probably a good time to cut it off. But um, still sad nonetheless. I don't want to be halfway done with the season, but alas, here we are. Well, as I mentioned, we do have uh, we have some cleanup. It was the end of week six, and we covered everything but that Monday night game. And I know that there's some things that both you and I want to discuss as far as that is concerned. So we're we're going to do that in this episode. But that's not all. This is the bipocalypse, Yeti. This is a terrible time for fantasy players right now, myself included. I'm in that boat, and it is a terrible, terrible time. And I'm sure you are too in some leagues. Uh, so we have uh, we're going to talk about the bipocalypse a little bit. We have four bold topics, four bold takes here that we're going to bring today later on in this show. So stay tuned for that because I think uh, the Brainiacs are really going to enjoy that. Then we're playing Flex Appeal, baby. So we're going to pit two players against each other, flex them against each other, and see are they worthy of a flex lineup. I think that one's going to be fun. And then we're going to finish this thing off with the Brain Busters. So if you have a question, if you're listening to us live or watching us live, Go over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button. We do greatly appreciate that. And then uh, ask your comment or ask your question in the comment section. And we will feature you at the end of the show. So, Yeti, let's just go ahead and move into it. Let's get into the Monday night takeaways. I bit my tongue a little here. I'm going to be honest with you. I had the Chargers win this game. They did not. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys came in and they, they got it done. Very unfortunate for myself because I don't like Dak Prescott. I don't like the Cowboys, but here they are, and here's what they did. So uh, Austin Eckler, he was back. I thought he was going to play a very pivotal role in this offense, and while he did look okay, he did not get the job done to help them get that W. So my question is, did Dak out? Excuse me, did Dak outclass Justin Herbert, and is Justin Herbert overrated? Yeah. So in in terms of Dak outclassing Herbert. If you kind of compare their stat lines from the Monday night matchup, they look kind of similar, right? Uh, Justin Herbert, he threw one pick in this game. Um, Dak didn't really do anything special. But when you watch this game, you you take the stats away and you just look from the eye test. I think Dak was making all the right throws and making all the right reads, whereas Justin Herbert wasn't. Um, I, I think there were a lot of throws that Justin Herbert left out there and that his, he didn't let his players make, obviously. And that hurts, right? Um, in terms of Justin Herbert being overrated, I, I truly do think fantasy football aside. So this is real life football that we're talking about. We're talking real NFL. Real football. All real right. leather brain football. I think Justin Herbert might be one of the most overrated quarterbacks of our generation. Wow. And I'm saying that because we get enamored with his stats, right? He throws, you know, 4,000, 5,000 yards every season. He looks great, right? But when you look at his career win-loss record, he's 27 and 27 through five years, basically. And if you look at his stat line in close games, he has 20 losses in one-score games. He's played in 38 close games in his whole career. He's lost 20 of them. And he's just not getting the job done. I think we, like I said, we do get enamored with the stats, which is great for fantasy football. But when it comes down to crunch time, I know we can't put the blame all on one person, but he is the quarterback of this offense. And when it comes down to, you know, getting three to seven points to win the game, he can't get the job done. Do you think that Brandon Staley shares any of that blame? I mean, truth, truthfully, like it, you look at Justin Fields, you look at his ability to move the ball down the field with his arm. Like if I was a franchise, would you, I mean, would you rather have Dak Prescott or Justin Herbert as a quarterback? I would much rather have Justin Herbert, but I, I don't think, 
you know, we've we've seen Justin Herbert with three different play callers in his five seasons so far, and it's the same result. Um, he just can't get the job done in the big games or in close and crunch time, man. It doesn't matter if the head coach is Brandon Saley or the guy they had prior. They still struggle to win those games. That's interesting. I, I look here's here. I mean, like you put you you kind of in my mind. I mentally put them in the same group, like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. I understand that they're not all from the same like year or draft class, rather. But like that's mentally that's where I put them at. Same thing with Josh Allen, right? Like, um, and Joe Burrow. Like they're all. I know. Like I said, I understand that they're not all from the same draft class. But mentally, that's where I have them out of my head because it's the next generation of quarterback. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to go anywhere. I'm not going to say he's a top-tier talent, but I do think he is uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. You look at how, like all these teams are having issues that a competent quarterback could fix, and I do think he's competent. Am I going to say he's a le- like a league-winning quarterback? No, I don't think that that's the case, and I think that he's going to have to have a lot of other excellent pieces around him to continue to get it done. I mean, they, they went and drafted, they being the Chargers, went and drafted a rookie wide receiver this year. We haven't even seen him. Quentin Johnston. He's like the fourth option on this team. Is that fair to say? Yeah, he is definitely the fourth option behind Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, Gerald Everett. And if you look at his, his snap count, it's just dwindling, man. Um, Quentin Johnson was one of those guys that was drafted as a guy who can take off uh, the top of off of a defense and he can make those contested catches. But he was also a project, you know, and so it's going to take time for him to develop into a NFL wide receiver that can play every down. Sure. And, you know, us being a fantasy football show and us talking about fantasy football at, at nauseum for redraft formats, is it is it safe to drop him, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, 100 okay. percent. I would drop Quinn Johnson for any of the waiver wire darlings that you had mentioned on Monday's episode. If if they are still available on any of your waiver wires, um, Kendrick Bourne, Wandale Robinson. Those are other guys that I would comfortably own over Quinn Just Johnson that today. Just did that today. And that, you know, that's why. Right. You know, we're at week seven. We're halfway through the season. We we were we were correct, Yeti. We got to pat ourselves on the back because we figured that somebody was going to get hurt in this offense. Where we went awry was that we thought Quentin Johnston was going to be part of this offense, and and thus far he has not been. For dynasty purposes, you do you hit the panic button on this kid? For dynasty purposes, no. I mean the talent is there. It just it's just a matter of time for these rookie wide receivers, right? I think we have gotten spoiled over the past couple of years with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, where. We expect these wide receivers to come out and just be elite right away, right? And we kind of expected the same thing with Kyle Pitts coming out of college. Oh, he, you know, he was a first round draft pick. He's going to be great. And he had a great first year, right? But we expected that every year. And I think with these guys, we have to just slow down a little bit because, yes, they are talented freaks, but we have to remember that there's a huge learning curve between college and the NFL. The game speed is different. The, Uh, cornerbacks are a lot different game plans are a lot more different like you're getting paid to do this shit now and it's not just oh i'm gonna go up against you know nebraska's defense who sucks ass and i'm gonna put up 300 receiving that's the better i'm a nebraska fan but yeah i'm sorry um but you know i think this year is a little more frustrating because we had four wide receivers go in the first round right we had quinn johnson we had zay flowers jsn and addison and, and really, they were all back to back to back to yeah, back for picks yeah. too. And only two of these guys are panning out so far. Half of them are hitting Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. Whereas you have Puka Nakua, who was drafted outside of the first round, and he's a top ten wide receiver right now. So he, his jersey just went in the Hall of Fame. So if anybody yep. did not know, he uh, had the most rookie what was it receptions? I think through five yep. weeks, and for that reason, his jersey is now sitting in the uh the nfl hall of fame for that so you but you're absolutely right and he's not the you know he's not the only person you know you look at somebody like and i know we're kind of segueing away from the monday night takeaways but i think this is just important conversation for anybody playing fantasy and or dynasty uh redraft or dynasty um you know sam laborda he's another great conversational piece because you have somebody like dalton kincaid who was drafted by the bills everybody at the very beginning was very enticed by the possibility of what he could be where is he at now 
versus somebody like Sam Laporta, who was going at the, you know, depending upon when you drafted, later in the draft, later in your in your dynasty drafts. So that is worth noting is like you still can hit on guys late because it's all about the opportunity for them going in. It's all about the landing spot and it's all about how well they're doing in their new homes. So you're right. I think overall for me, all of these receivers have been somewhat lackluster, all four of them. If I was to choose any of them that I wanted on my fantasy team at this current juncture, especially for redraft, probably Zay Flowers. Because it looks like he's getting a lot of slot work and Lamar's, he's kind of eating it up. The problem with Zay Flowers is he can't catch a damn ball. But, I, and Addison's interesting. Justin Jefferson's not around at the moment. But, I, you know, KJ Osborne's also involved there. So I, I preferably would have Zay Flowers at the moment. You can drop Quentin Johnson. I agree with you, man. I, I did today. I went and I was like, this kid is not getting it done. We're halfway through the season. He is a project. He's not going to be somebody who's going to be ready just like that. So I'm fine moving on with him and uh, get somebody off the waiver wire who you can actually start on a weekly basis. How did it feel when you dropped him? Were you a little sad inside? I was. God's honest truth, I was a little sad. I was a little sad because I was like, this kid's going to do something. And I have him in Dynasty too because I'm excited for what the possibility of him being tied to a, a quarterback that I do think is good for a while. Um, but he has to get it done himself and, and learn that system and learn how the NFL works. So it and did I have suck. One more, one more question before we stray sure. away from these rookie wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in a redraft or not redraft dynasty league, if you could redraft between these four wide receivers, who would you take knowing what you know now? Jordan Addison scares me. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I Not from a talent level perspective, but the Vikings could look so different this upcoming year. Is Kirk Cousins going to stick around? I think that is that is the question mark at hand. And and I, I've said this before on the show. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback. I really don't. I think that Vikings defense is not good. But more often than not, Kirk Cousins paired with Justin Jefferson is really fun. It's a great combo for offense. It works. Um, and then what happens with Justin Jefferson? Do they pay him to stick around? There's just a lot of question marks going on there. And you could be left with them playing with a rookie quarterback. Justin Jefferson's gone because somebody else paid him. Um, and and then, then what do you do? Um, if I had to repick at this moment between those four, because I did have the choice, uh, it's probably got to be – it's between Flowers or Still Johnston for me to be honest with you. Uh, probably Flowers, which is crazy because I think he was one of the ones that was going last at, between the four of them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's probably Zay Flowers, to be honest with you. he's He is on the field already. He's paired with Lamar Jackson for the foreseeable future. He's working out of the slot a lot, and he's, he's getting it done. He just needs to stay on the jugs machine a little bit after practice and make sure that his hands aren't <laughs> so buttery. So if I was to choose anybody right now, it'd probably be Zay Flowers. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, but I think JSN is right behind Zay Flowers. And I know JSN isn't getting it done right now. In fact, you know, he's outside of the top 100 wide receivers, but I think his time is coming. Um, his snap share has gone on over up over the past few weeks. They just came off their bye and they introduced him more into the offense. So I think as the season goes on, I'm not predict- predicting any injuries, but as he gets more comfortable with the playbook, I think he's going to be more involved with this offense. Sure. And I guess the question was, is this dynasty related or redraft yep. related? Okay. Dynasty. It, sorry. The only, th- the only thing that I, I don't mind, I like Jason, but there's a lot of weapons on that offense. And then the question becomes, what do they do with Geno Smith? Because he signed a three-year sure. deal. So that's the other thing. Like, Technically, JSN is still the third wide receiver on this team. I know Lockett's getting older, um, but it's not like DK Metcalf isn't around, too. So, the, And then you have Kenny Walker. It's just there is a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And I know with Zay Flowers, he is prob- like he's better than OBJ. He's better than KJ Osborne. And then it's him and Mark Andrews. So um, that's probably why I, took it. I would take him over to Addison. But... All right, we good with that conversation? Yeah, man. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the injuries. Let's talk about the injury update. This is something that is unfortunate. We don't root for it, but it is a part of the game in the NFL. So, Bills quarterback Josh Allen he will play this week versus New England after suffering a shoulder. Jeez, I am having a tough time today, my friend. Shoulder injury last week. There you go. Browns cornerback Deshaun Watson confirmed he is dealing with a rotator cuff injury and may not play this week versus the Colts. I've seen a lot of hate 
from a lot of people about this, calling him a wimp. And as soon as he gets paid, he's he's injured. I know what a rotor, rotator cuff injury is like, and if that, I don't know if it's on his throwing arm or not. But if it is on his throwing arm, that is a painful thing, and that will affect how he throws the ball. So just understand that is a real thing. It's not like him just being a puss. If your rotator cuff is torn or partially torn or fucked up on your throwing arm, it's going to make it a hell of a lot harder to get the ball down the field. So. Really, really unfortunate news. Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson is having season-ending surgery on his shoulder. There's a lot of shiz. Shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. Uh, which is unfortunate. That to be and, a know, shoulder, man. Golly. I, I feel really bad for Anthony Richardson. And really, I feel really bad for this Colts organization, this Colts team. He was looking really good. It was between him and C.J. Stroud as like the two shining rookie quarterbacks at the moment. And unfortunately, uh, he's faced a lot of injury this season which has put him out so I'm excited for the future for him I'm excited for what the Colts are going to do with him in the future um you know there's been rumors that Jerry Judy might Jerry Judy might end up there uh I think they really want to build around this guy and, and that excites me because he is a he's a very talented individual and that sucks that his season was cut short I just hope that his injury history doesn't catch up to him you know because he he got a concussion which obviously you can't control right but then sure. his shoulder injury Hopefully this doesn't linger into next season and going forward. Yeah, and I think that's kind of wise. They they knew that this season wasn't going to be the season. So let's make sure that our our uh, our future investment is healthy and we can continue to build pieces around them to get it done. Rams running back Kyron Williams is expected to return after the Rams Week Ten bye. So he will not go on IR. However, he will be missing three games, which is very unfortunate for anybody that got Kyron Williams off of the waiver wire because he was a plug-and-play running back, and now that is not the case for him. My dynasty team sheds a tear a little bit I, hearing that news. I saw that. I saw that you had Kyron Williams, and I was like, that is a tough break. I got him in a lot of redraft yeah. formats, so I also feel your pain, my friend. Yeah, speaking of uh, you know, people coming or getting hurt or coming back from injury, last week you missed somebody. The Did Cardinals, I? they uh, designated your boy Kyler Murray to return from the pup list, <laughs> and he practiced today. So, yeah. what are your what are your thoughts here about Kyler Murray? Man, I I'm gonna be honest. I you know I'm a Cardinals fan. Um, I I didn't see this coming. I really truly thought that the Cardinals were just gonna have him sit out the entire season and ensure that he gets healthy. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of of thoughts flowing through my head. And it sucks as a Cardinals fan because I don't know where to, I don't know where to go from here. I really don't like. You bring Kyler Murray back, right? Halfway through the season, and the season is already in shambles. Like the currently, the Cardinals are projected a top five pick. There's a ninety four percent chance that the Cardinals get a top ten pick. So, what the hell do you do? Because do you root for the Cardinals to start doing well with their their franchise quarterback in play? Do you let your franchise quarterback play for a little bit so you can try and sell him off to someone else when you're like, hey, this shiny toy still works? I don't know. I don't know what you do from here. There, I've, I've thought about a couple different things, and I, I don't know if any of – I don't know if this is valid or not, but I, I did some research today, and I was looking this up. Hollywood Brown, this is his last season with the team. Then he becomes a free agent. The Cardinals next year have a lot of cap space. I think they're like sixth or seventh in the NFL for the highest amount of cap space. They have like six, $64 million, I think, in, ca- in uh, available cap. So do they sign him? Do they sign Hollywood to a deal, and do they keep Kyler around? Do you use that first-round pick to try and bolster and get yourself another offensive line or a defensive piece? Potentially. Or do you sell Kyler Murray, you get a bunch of shit for that, and then you draft a rookie? And I think both of those are still on the table for this organization. I really do believe that. So I don't know where to go from here as a fan because I've been rooting for our demise. I still root for our demise because I know we're not going to the playoffs and I want a really good pick. But I don't know. I, I just I don't know what you do from here. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. And don't they have the Texans pick for next year as well? They do, yeah. So they they could potentially have two top, you know, let's say 15 picks, right? I I think Houston, I don't know where they're going to finish, but I would assume they're inside the top 15 right now. Um, So that that would be interesting, right? Let's say they, Kyler Murray comes back. Let's say, you know, they somehow finish as, you know, the 10th worst team. 
and they they have a 10 pick they have the 15 pick I I have a I feel like they could get a, a solid offensive lineman and a wide receiver with those two picks you know depending on how things shake out obviously um so I I kind of we we talked about this in our group chat and it's like you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't kind of situation but I I kind of lean towards Kyler Murray coming back as a good thing because you know he if he is the franchise of the Cardinals Let's get him some live game reps with his new offense. It's, you know, he hasn't played in it, obviously, so it's important to get him reps, get him comfortable with some of these guys that are around him and the play calling. And if things don't mesh after, you know, let's say he plays only seven games. Okay. You know, maybe we do need to move on. Maybe this offense sucks. Maybe he just isn't buying in. Maybe we do get rid of him at that point. But Which, at least give them a shot. Yeah, and I, I like that mentality. I do because it's like a try before you buy. Although they've already bought him, but like you still have the <laughs> right. ability to sell. You know what I mean? So it's like you have new batteries in a in exactly. a old toy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't hate it. I just I don't know, man. The the biggest fear is that he sucks and they can't sell him for what they want. Like that is my biggest fear. The best case scenario is he comes out, he looks good. Like that is truly, I think, the best case scenario for the Cardinals. But then the conversation is, do you keep him around? And I think if he looks good, obviously they're going to want to keep him around. So I, I don't know. It, it, I think it's a really unfortunate time for Cardinals fans because it, me as a Cardinals fan was just hoping I wouldn't have to deal with this like devil on one shoulder, angel on the other. And that's kind of what I'm now, that situation is now happening for me. So and we we talked about rookie wide receivers having a hard time adjusting to the league, but you know, being a rookie quarterback is probably just as difficult, if not more sure. difficult. So it's kind of like you look at this draft class, you know, Caleb Williams and then Drake May; those are supposed to be you know franchise savers. But in reality, like if you look at the Cardinals organization, I'm not trying to poke fun at you. It's like if one of these guys were to come into the system. How many wins would they actually get with the offensive line they have, with the weapons that they have, with the defense that they have? Like, would they really make this team competitive in the next two to three years if they were on it? So then it's like, okay, unless we did some, sorry, unless we did some crazy weight, like you know, free agent acquisitions, which with sixty-four million in in cap availability, I would hope that we do make some moves in that way. Yeah. Which is a very real possibility, but if I'm used to shitty front offices, I'm a Raiders fan. <laughs> I'm used to things just going to ride. Just look at you know Chandler Jones as a recent example of things hitting the fan. But um, <laughs> I, I just it's I have this conversation quite a bit of you know we talk about Justin Fields potentially getting traded, Kyler Murray potentially getting traded, but how. Like I said, playing the in, in the NFL is hard, and these guys are already in the NFL. They've experienced live defenses. They know what it takes to play and win week in and week out. So it's like, do you gamble keeping w- with one of these guys, or do you gamble even more on a rookie quarterback that has not up to game speed and has to learn a new offense? Sure. And I think, you know, Alan and I talked about this on last Monday's show. Um you know, he had made a comment to me that was really interesting. And it was, is it not apparent to the, the coaching staff and to everyone else that this guy's not it, you know, and, and the reference to it was, we were talking about Kenny Pickett, right? Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett does not look good. He does not look like a quarterback. He does not look like he is it. He's had the opportunity for a year and almost a year and a half now. Um, and Kenny Pickett hasn't looked good. So, like, do the Steelers move on? The same conversation could be had for somebody like Zach Wilson, right? Unfortunately, obviously, they're kind of forced to play him at this point. But they started him all of last year. He was a viable option for them. He was getting a lot of time. And we all saw it. We're like, dude, this guy is not it, right? Obviously, I think they figured that out by this point, And now he's still starting for unfortunate circumstances. But those kind of people were like, you know, like, we can see it. Sam Darnold. Then the Panthers took him. They're like, yeah, this is it. And then like, oh, it's not it. Like, did you not watch all the tape on him beforehand? So those are the kind of people where I'm just like, why? You know what I mean? Like, why Mm -hmm. sit there and and waste time when you could just go back to the drawing board and you could re-gamble and try and get another quarterback? And I guess the uh, Arizona front office needs to have that same question about Kyler Murray. Sure. I think Kyler Murray is a much better quarterback than any of the people I just mentioned. But... Um, there's still a lot of question marks there and he is part of the old guard. 
So is he going to buy into dipshit John Gannon's entire mantra? Or, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's frustrating. So, um, but nonetheless, Kyler Murray is back or will be back. I do believe that. He uh, practiced today and I don't expect him to play this week, but maybe as early as next week, he's on that field. So let's uh, watch that. I went and grabbed him. I would go check and see if Kyler Murray's on your waiver wire right now. I think you definitely should because the rushing upside that he presented before he was injured was juicy enough to make him an easy start. So uh, go check to see if he's on your waiver wire because I did and I picked him up in every league I could. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. But we're in the bipocalypse, Yeti. This is a very Mm. scary time for a lot of people. I'm afraid. I'm sure you're probably afraid in some leagues. Oh, yeah. It's a devastating time. I think I had like five starters to put on my bench this week. I, yeah, I did in a couple leagues. And I'm like, what do you what do you do here? So all of these teams that I am naming are going to be on by this week. Check your lineups. Go check them out. Make sure that you don't have any of these people starting. The Panthers, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Jets, the Titans, and the Texans are all on by this week. Welcome to the Bipocalypse. We're going to talk about some flex appeal options here at the towards the end of the show. So we're going to bring up... Some disgusting flex options, but that's what happens when you're in the bipocalypse. So we're going to bring some candidates to the table and have some conversations if they're worthy of your flex consideration because it is desperate times and we are in des- desperate measures. So, And I am I have to play Jordan Mason in one of my leagues because I have Joe Mixon on a bye and it's just, it feels like, bad, man. No, it, I know, I know it, dude. I know it. Uh, let's go ahead and do four bowl to- topics, my friend. I will kick things off here. These are hot takes, so to speak. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I really do firmly believe that the Dolphins beat the Eagles this week. I really do. Why? Why? Well, okay. So Vegas has the Eagles favored, but it's a two-point spread. So it's pretty close, all things considered. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have the, the Eagles winning this one by minus 130 for money line. This is close, right? But Vegas does think that the Eagles are going to win. I'm not buying it. I, I think the Eagles, and really more namely Jalen Hurts, have not looked good this season. I think that losing their offensive coordinator has played a much bigger role than most people want to care to admit. But I think that's the truth. If you look at the style of this offense, it has changed drastically within the year. DeAndre Swift is now a usable running back. When he wasn't with the Lions, Miles Sanders was a usable running back, but they just didn't use him. Because they weren't running the ball. they were That that offense flowed through Jalen Hurts. And now they want to get more dynamic with it. But the issue is, is Jalen Hurts has not looked the same. I don't, I don't think he's been great this year. I think he, for fantasy, he's certainly usable. He looked bad last week. And in fact, they lost for that reason. The Eagles also have allowed 232 passing yards per game. That is not good. That is a bad number. So when the Eagles defense is allowing 232 yards to the most explosive offense in the NFL, being the Dolphins. I don't think that, that that they're going to be able to stop them. I really don't. Because the Dolphins will kill you through the air, and if they do not kill you through the air, they will kill you through the ground. Now, what I will say is this. The Eagles have a very good rush defense. They only allow 65 rushing yards a game. So you're probably you're going to start Mostert. Mostert has to be started. He is in a locked position for you to start on a weekly basis, but... I really, truly do think the Dolphins are going to beat the Eagles this week. Man, I I can't really argue with you because you can make a case for either of these teams winning, and I'd be like, yeah, sure, okay. Um, I, I'm just going to ask you, how much of a overreaction do you think people have, you know, from last week with Jalen Hurts looking bad against the Jets? 
you know, is that kind of lingering into this week of people just all of a sudden fading this Eagles offense? No, I think I for me, and I'm only speaking from personal experience, but I've watched these Eagles games and I, I just he looks different. You know, and and one of our other team members, Matthew Kahn, had he had wrote an article and said the same thing, and then he got roasted on Twitter for it, which was <laughs> comical. But I don't think he was wrong. Eagles fans got really upset about it, and as Eagles fans do, but I don't think he was wrong there. Like I don't think Jalen Hurts has looked the same. They haven't been throwing the ball nearly as much as they have in the last two years. They've been running the ball a lot. They want to establish the run, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I also just Jalen Hurts does not look comfortable back there. Like he he has at, least, at the very least last year. Like he, I, he looks like he's more panicked. He looks like he's trying to just get the ball out of his hands quick, and it just doesn't look the same. And the other thing of note is you mentioned the Jets game. I don't think that hasn't really played. I, I think it's certainly a, a point of conversation, but I that's really not the narrative I'm writing on. But it is worth noting that that Jets defense was missing both their starting corners, and he still threw three interceptions. So. I think two things need to be said with that. First and foremost, the Jets' defense is really, really good. Like, I, you can't take that away from them. And even without their two starting corners, one of them being arguably the best defensive player at the moment, Sauce Gardner, like, they're still really good, man. But yeah. when he's not on the field and they're still able to pick off Jalen Hurts three different times, that's a problem for me. So, I... uh I don't know, man. I, I just I really do think the Dolphins are legit. I think Mike McDaniels is legit. I think this is one of those games that they circled on the calendar and are like, we're going to bust our ass and make sure that we do not lose this game. And I really don't think that they will. Yeah. And yeah, you're not going to hear any arguments from me. But I think no matter what side of the fence you're, you're on, I think the way to beat the Eagles is to make them one dimensional. And we kind of saw the Jets do that last week by taking away their run game. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift, he put up uh, some good fantasy points because he got a couple touchdowns, but his yards per carry were, I think it was like 1.7 yards per carry. And guys behind him were about the same position. So Jalen Hurts had to throw the ball over 40 times. And for that reason, I think Devontae Smith this week is going to be a top 15 fantasy wide receiver. Um, I think Philadelphia, they're going to have to throw the ball in order to win this game. Because if I'm Miami... I'm looking at what the Jets did. The NFL is a copycat league. There's no secret about it. And the Jets did a great job of taking away the run. And so that forced uh, Jalen Hurts to have a season-high career pass attempt with 43 pass attempts last week. And Devontae Smith, he had 11 targets last week, which was the most of the season so far. I I do believe that Devontae Smith is going to see double-digit targets again this week because of that passing volume that Philadelphia is going to have. And I think he's going to break a big one this week against Miami's defense that is kind of struggling. I I tend to agree with you. And, you know, I do think that the Dolphins will win this game, but I it would not surprise me if this kind of got into somewhat of a shootout of sorts. And the reason I say this is because the Miami defense is not that great, especially when it comes to passing, like you said. So, I mean, right now they're allowing 229 passing yards a game. They're ranked 19th in the NFL. So they're kind of right in the middle, right in that sweet spot. I do think that is where the, the Dolphins struggle, and I think their strong suit is playing offense, and they're very good at it, and they're fast. They're very precise in what they want to do, and they do it very, very well. So I think this could end up being a shootout. I don't know what the over-under is, but it would be a, such a fun over, and for fantasy, you have to love it because they could potentially eat. So I still have the Dolphins winning this game, but I think Devontae, especially given the apocalypse, Devontae Smith has to be a play this week. So The I, total I like is 51 and a half. So it would not surprise me if our uh, top performers from week seven are, you know, five pictures of Philadelphia and Miami <laughs> players. <laughs> I mean, every week a Miami one's on there for sure. So, uh, yeah, have them locked and loaded. I, uh, Tyreek Hill, if you own him, you got to be very excited about this one. My next hot take, my last hot take. I do think that the Giants upset the Commanders this week, which is probably something that most people think is absurd because the Giants are dog shit. I get that. But I do think that I think they're going to come out with some fire. I think they're going to come out with some passion. And I do think that they beat the Commanders. The Commanders are not that great. The Commanders offensively are okay. Sam Howell likes to throw the ball a lot. But the Commanders' defense isn't good. And their offense really, they're like defensively, they're, I think, bottom tier for both, yeah, 27th and passing yards. 
um, ranked 27th in passing yards out of 32, and then ranked 23rd in the rushing game. I think there's a couple things to note here is why I do think that the Giants do this. Um, first and foremost, Saquon Barkley is healthy. He is back or is as healthy as you can get halfway through the season or close to it. So he's going to be playing. The, the question mark here is, is Tyrod Taylor playing or is Daniel Jones playing? And that is something we don't know yet because Daniel Jones is still dealing with an injury and it has not been announced yet. Um, but I think regardless, I think this is a chance for the Giants to showcase some of their offense that has been extremely lackluster this year on a really bad defense. And so I, I think the Giants and Brian Dable are going to come in and I think this one's going to be a win for the Giants. And I feel terrible saying this, but even if Daniel Jones is going to be out this week, I think Tyrod Taylor is more than capable of getting the job done. Agreed. I think this offense, look, it's sad to say, but this offense looked a lot better with Tyrod Taylor than it did Daniel Jones last week against Buffalo. Minus the halftime slip up that he had there. I I, I agree with you completely. So yeah. I, to, to be honest, I would prefer that Daniel Jones did not play and it was Tyrod Taylor, but I, I don't care which quarterback you're starting for this Giants team. I do think that they beat the I think they beat the Commanders. My Wandale Rob- Robinson shares are praying. I, I right picked now, him so. up. I picked him up this week, mostly because we're in uh, the apocalypse. But he's uh, he's a fun one. I know this is a little early, but do you think that uh, who would you rather flex this week, Jerry Judy or Wandale Robinson? Ooh, I know this is a little Denver. Early. Denver plays. Um, fuck, they play Green Bay, right? They do. Yeah, they play Green Bay. Um, I think Wandale's the uh, target hog right now with the Giants, whereas Jerry Judy, man, ooh, he's gross. A yeah. yeah, so give me Wandale. Okay. Little sneak peek for a flex appeal. Yeah, that was just a fun little baby flex appeal for the full flex appeal coming. So what did you bring for your last bold topic, my friend? Yeah, I couldn't let you bring the only upset to the table, so I brought my own, and it's none other than your suit. I don't know what your bandwagon team of 2023, My pseudo pseudo team of the year. Your your boner for Dan Campbell team. I don't know. God, it's so large. Yeah, I, I think the Lions are going to upset the Ravens this week. Um, the Ravens are currently three-point favorites in this game at home. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that are close. They really? Yeah, yeah, the Ravens are three-point favorites. So, you know, Vegas, they give usually a home field advantage of two points is kind of what they say for home field advantage. So it's really a, a one-point spread, but I honestly don't think it's going to be that close. Um, I, I think oh, yeah. the Lions are going to win by a touchdown at least in this game. And it solely has to do with their offensive line and their defensive line. I don't the uh, the Detroit offensive line. No matter who you put at running back, I don't care if David Montgomery's hurt, Jameer Gibbs or Craig Reynolds. I don't really give a shit who's back there. I could be back there. That offensive line is going to get me three yards at least on every carry. I might get a concussion when I get tackled, but you know that's fine. You know I'll at least get three (laughs) yards in the end. Yeah, (laughs) but. yeah, I, I think also, like, obviously, David Montgomery being out isn't ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world. And Jameson Williams, sent, or Williams? Yeah, Williams, Williams came back last week. I think he unlocks another chapter for this offense. And I know we, you know, we saw a little bit of it last week, which is fine. That's kind of what he's going to be. You know, he's going to be a three to five target kind of guy, deep shot guy. But I think as him and Jared Goff get their timing down and they get comfortable, I really do think this offense can take another step forward. And I expect that to continue this week against Baltimore. Um, The defensive line is super strong and they're going to force Lamar Jackson to run. And I think their secondary is more than capable of holding up against uh, Lamar's scrambling ability. So give me the Lions to upset the Ravens. I love it. And I agree. Like that to me is interesting. Like what does Vegas know that we don't? Because I've seen this line. Like, like you said, I am a big lion supporter this season. I love Dan Campbell. I love what they're doing over there. And I, I really love that offense. There's a lot of weapons in it and they're doing very, very well. My question is Jameer Gibbs was limited at practice today for his hamstring injury, but he is 100% in play for you. If he's playing this week. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I know you know, there's, there's concerns about his usage and everything, but with David Montgomery being out, that opens up 15 carries immediately. And Jameer Gibb is going to, is going to slide into that role. It's just a matter of how healthy his hamstring is, I guess. So monitor those reports as they come out from practice. Sure. 
You also mentioned Jamison Williams, and I just briefly wanted to touch on him. This is his second week back, Yeti. So he was back in week five. Um, you wouldn't know it. I mean, you right. really wouldn't know it. He he went uh, two for three for uh, two yards. So really, really cool. <laughs> uh, but this last week, he actually got a touchdown. Like, he was usable. He was He had a long ball. He actually put up what was it 17 points or 13 points this week uh he did get a touchdown he only had two out of three targets or two out of three for 53 yards so he did have a long ball touchdown which is great that what's concerning for me at this moment is he was only on the field 23 percent of the snaps but I, I i want i bring all of this up is i don't want you to panic on him i don't want you to drop him i just want you to be aware of this because I do think he gets more involved. Like he was a first round draft pick last year. This is really like his the first time he's actually been able to play NFL football because he he was kind of in last year for just a sprinkle uh, and then he was suspended. So I fully expect Jamison Williams to get more involved in this offense. And he is definitely a own for me at this point because I, I agree with you. I think this is going to open up another dimension for this offense where you watch them. It's hitting Amon Ross St. Brown in the slot. Like that's what they do. That is what they've continued to do, and they do it really well. But having a deep threat like Jamison Williams, and once he gets more comfortable with Jared Goff, as you mentioned, I do think that this is going to be really, really great for him, and he also is going to do very well for fantasy because he can take the top off of defense. I do believe that. Yeah, and in our group chat this past week, and I had mentioned that he's kind of in that Gabe Davis role where he's just a vertical threat, which I, I kind of hate that because yeah. when you looked at Jamison Williams at Alabama – he was much more than a vertical threat. This was a guy that they were going to get him the ball and let him work in space and be a yak guy, basically. So I hope, you know, as he gets more comfortable, as he stops his gambling addiction, that he can, <laughs> you know, get more involved in this offense and more packages are thrown up for him than just a fucking vertical route. To get him yeah. some slant routes, get him some screens. Obviously, that will take away from St. Brown, but... I hope that for Jamison Williams, for all the uh, owners out there. I hope so for Dan Campbell, because I just w- I want to see him. I don't know if you saw the video, but he pulled out a five dollar bill. He said that's five because they're five and one right now. Lions are cooking, baby, and I love seeing it, and I like seeing the fire that that team has. So I uh, I'm rooting for him, man. I really am. I, I just want to. We're gonna go over to move and flex appeal here in just a second, Yeti. But before we do. We're getting questions rolling in. Greatly appreciate them. We do see them coming in. We will answer them here at the end of the show. So after we get done with Flex Appeal, we will answer your questions. And if you're just joining us, go over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Man, that really, truly does mean the world. And uh, and then ask your questions in the comment section. We will answer them. So let's go to Flex Appeal. Yeti, why don't you kick things up? Yeah, yeah baby. Let's get flexy. Favorite Ooh. time of the week, baby. Mm. Let's start off with the nasty one, huh? Let's get real hey, down and dirty, like lather yeah, up you, in that coconut oil. You fuck me. <laughs> yep. All right. So first off, boys and girls, we have Najee Harris versus uh, the Los Angeles Rams or Christian Watson versus Denver. Slaps, who are you taking? I will never, ever, ever draft or own Najee Harris ever again. I, I have never owned him, and I never will. I don't think he's good. Give me Christian Watson. I'm not even playing the fucking game. <laughs> I would never own Najee Harris, so just understand that, and I would choose Christian Watson. They're playing Denver this week, man, and the Packers have kind of been back and forth as far as that, you know, they've had a couple games where they look great, and then Jordan Love has not looked great. I think this is going to be one of those games where if you uh, if you're own any players that are going against the Packers, I think it's pretty safe to say you probably can start them, and there's a decent chance they're going to put up some fantasy points. So give me Christian Watson. Yep, and Green Bay's coming off a bye week too, which I think is important to mention because that gives Christian Watson an extra week to rest. God, that was hard to say. Week? West week? <laughs> um, but it also allows him and Love to get more comfortable, maybe drop some more plays to get their playmakers the ball in space. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, uh, I'm going to give one to you that I think is kind of, I don't know if it's difficult, but it's pretty gross. And it's uh, Jahan Dotson or Elijah Moore. So battle of the wide receiver twos. We've got Jahan Dotson who is playing against the Giants. Or we have Elijah Moore who's playing against Colts. Oh, man. Um, this one is tough. It is um, tough. 
I, there's really not a, a difference in the matchup between the Giants and the Colts because they're both middling of of the pack, you know, pass defenses. Um, so I'm going to lean with a guy who isn't the fourth receiving option on this team, and I'm going to take Elijah Moore here. Hey, um, <laughs> re- regardless of who the quarterback is, I don't care um, if it's P.J. Walker, shout out, or Boyd Joel for naming his next kid P.J. Um yeah. But I, I I do think that you have to go with the the safety of Elijah Moore because Jahan Dotson he didn't even get targeted last week, no. and he he's clearly behind Scary Terry. He's behind Curtis Samuel and now Logan Thomas. Yeah, what the fuck is going on there, dude, man? So, I don't know. Jahan Dotson, you know, I think I I know myself, Scotty, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I was excited for Jahan Dotson as a potential owner at the beginning of the season. Like he shown flash. I know you like scary Terry, um, but to see what he did at the end of last year to what is now happening is really just disappointing. And and if you own Jahan Dotson right now, he's almost like a drop candidate. Like you can probably drop him for like, would you drop Jahan Dotson right now for Wandale Robinson? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think I probably would too. Uh, I agree with you. Elijah Moore would be definitely who I would take, regardless of the quarterback. And this is this is where you're getting into nasty territory because both these guys are potentially starting candidates on your roster. I would be I would be choosing Elijah Moore over Don Dotson at this point. Yeah. And speaking of scary Terry, he's a uh, part of my next flex appeal huh. here. So huh. we have Puka Nuka versus Pittsburgh, or Scary Terry versus the Giants. Who are you taking here, Slaps? Man, I think... Are you going to take the bait here or what? Who are the the commanders are playing? I know we just said this like 10 seconds ago. The Giants. The Giants. I'm going to take Pukanuka. I'm going to take Pukanuka. And the reason being is this. I don't think... What is it, Luke? What's the the backup running back for Kyron Williams? Uh, Zach Evans. Zach Evans. I I wouldn't start Zach Evans this week. Zach Evans is not a starter for me this week. Zach Evans is an interesting own piece for me, and I understand that he potentially could get the tu- like the majority of the touches for this offense, and especially given the apocalypse right now, you might have to start him. But I do fully believe that this offense is going to be I, this offense is already a pass heavy offense. Like we know that. Like, Matt Stafford is number three right now for passing as far as passing attempts. So they like to pass it off, and they like to pass it a lot. And I'm going to go with Puka Nuka on this one because I do believe that they're they're playing Pittsburgh, who is not a great pass defense anyway. And I think that we're going to see a lot more success of them passing the ball than running the ball. And I think that they're going to have to pass the ball more with Kyron Williams out. So give me Puka Nuka on this one. I have a question regarding Zach Evans here. Um, I know a lot of people, they might have um, Joe Mixon out on bye week. They might have Chuba for whatever reason on bye week, Tony Pollard on bye week. Um, so with all these guys being out, would you feel comfortable playing Zach Evans? You know, if you had to, like, do you see any red zone upside for him or anything? Maybe, like that? maybe I would. I And that's, that's probably where it you're hoping for it right now. Understand this, you some people out there, and I'm sure there's a lot more than, than people care to admit, some people are going to have to start Zach Evans this week. And I get it because there's so many teams on by. But you're picking him up off the waiver wire. And if you have other options that you feel that are uh, have a safer floor, I would definitely roll with that. You know, I, I don't hate the thought of him potentially getting red zone work in, but and I think Ronnie Rivers just went on the IR. So it's like, yep. and that was the other running back for the Rams. So like it is Zach Evans or bust. They've done a lot of, and by they, I mean the Rams just made a lot of different moves to try and sure up that running back room. They upgraded their, um, their practice squad running back. They went and got um, Darrell Henderson again. So it was like a hometown hero story and he returned. But th- the fact of the matter here is this, I wouldn't be holding my breath. So it, I, I I don't really think that this offense is not a pass-heavy offense anyway, or a run-heavy offense to begin with. Kyron Williams is hit and miss as far as how many touches he gets, and he's the he's the lone running back when he's healthy. So um, in some weeks, he's very pass-involved. In other weeks, he's not. But I do think that they're going to pass the ball a lot. So if you had other running back options that are that you feel more comfortable with, I would play him over Zach Evans. Yeah. And I would take Puka over Scary Terry. 100%. Yep. 
I was just wondering if you're going to fall for the Puka fell off wagon that's no. kind of going around on Twitter because, you know, one bad week means you, you should panic on a guy, right? I think that's how most fantasy players play. But, like, and here's the thing, you know, uh, I, I want to bring this up just quickly. Uh, Puka Nuka is somebody that, like, that people are panicking on. Like, sell him while you can. And it's like, I'd probably buy him. I don't hate I don't hate selling a player at all as long as you get great value for him. So if you can sell Puka and get great value, I'm okay with that. But I wouldn't panic sell him because this team passes a shit ton. Like I just mentioned, Matthew Stafford is number three in passing attempts. So in all of the NFL right now, meaning that they throw the ball a lot. So just because he didn't have a good week and Cooper Cup has come back and Cooper Cup is eating into Puka's efficiency a little bit as far as fantasy production... I'm not concerned with it because they're passing the ball so much and he's the wide receiver too for this team. And I think any given Sunday, he can get it done for you for fantasy. Boy, am I glad you brought up Cooper Cup in this conversation because Puka with Cooper Cup, he's playing 98% of the snaps still. He's got a 29% target share with Cup on the field. And he's running routes on every snap that he's on. So this is a guy that's he's on the field. He's on those two wide receiver sets, three wide receiver sets, whatever you want to say, um, whatever formation he's in there and on a team that has the third most pass attempts. Why would you sell him? Yeah. Why? You wouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah. Unless, yeah. like I said, now if you're desperate and, and you need to make some trades to get some stuff done, I'm not going to say don't do it. But I am going to say Puka still holds a lot of value. So um, give him to me this week. I, I like him over scary. Yep. And now... A scary proposition for you, Yeti. This it's Spooktember, baby. Would you rather start Jalen Warren or the Gus Bus, Mister Gus Edwards himself? God, this is like this is the, like, welcome, welcome to Bipocalypse. Welcome yeah, to Bipocalypse. Man. This is like asking, do you would you rather date Freddie or Jason? I, it, um, exactly. God. Um, okay, so I want to break this down just based off matchups real quick. Sure. The Lions only allow 43 rushing yards to running backs, whereas the Rams allow 86 yards to running backs. So it's, you know, either way you want to cut it up, it's bad. You mm-hmm. know, the matchups aren't great. So I have to take the lesser of the two scary options here in uh, Spooktober, or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> and I'm going with uh, Jalen Warren. Uh, Pittsburgh is coming off a bye, and I'm hoping that they come to their senses that Jalen Warren needs to be their guy going forward and get the get the touches. Um, he's obviously more efficient, and he's more involved in the passing game than Najee. So, uh, give me Jalen Warren with hopes of you know a red zone touchdown or red zone looks. Um, because Gus Edwards isn't going to get it done versus Detroit this week. No, I agree with you completely. I would also be doing Jalen Warren. I Really, I'm not sold on Gus Edwards, period. Like, I'm really not, to be honest with you. Um, he's I, just granted, a guy back there. He's Well, that's what that's perfectly said. He's just a guy back there. So he gets okay touches. He usually gets double-digit touches every game, but especially against the Lions this week, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. So no thank you. Give me Jalen Warren. Yeah, and for our last flex appeal slaps, I'm bringing uh, one of your boys, James Cook. My He's man. got a matchup against New England. Or would you uh, play Tyler Lockett versus your team, Arizona? What happened to James Cook? That's what man, I want to know. I, I what was about the to ask fuck you happened? Latavius because Murray now Latavius happened. Murray is suddenly a piece of this offense. Like... I think it's it's safe to say that Damian Harris probably is not going to play this week, uh, given the fact that he was carted off the field in an ambulance. But uh, what happened? Latavius Murray got double-digit touches last week out of nowhere. So here's the thing. I'm going to take Tyler Lockett. They're playing against the Cardinals. Cardinals are dog shit. Tyler Lockett still has that those that that value that upside for the long ball, and I think that there's a very good possibility that he could get a touchdown this week. James Cook is very scary for me right now. As somebody who was really excited for him going into this season, I, I am like, granted, he still saw 14 touches. He went 71 yards, and he was on a 49% snap share. But Latavius Murray also saw 12 carries for 45 yards, and. 3.75 yards per carry so like 
I still think Cooks is a good running back. Like, I really do think he is a good running back, but I don't know if they're trying to keep him healthy. I don't know if they do see problems there. Perhaps he's got, I mean, he's 5'11 and 190 pounds, so perhaps his pass blocking is not where they want him to, and I think that's why Latavius Murray is starting to get more involved is because they've, they've realized that while James Cook is a decent running back and he does have receiving ability, he also is not great at pass blocking. And I think that's probably what we're seeing here. So we could see more of a timeshare as this progresses. If you own James Cook, you probably have to start him due to the bipocalypse, as well as the fact that where you drafted him at, and he has been somewhat successful for you most weeks, he's put up double digits. You have to probably start James Cook for running back positions. But if I had to choose between the two of these for a flex consideration, I would take Tyler Lockett this week. Yeah, and... It, it hurts to say this or compare these two uh, backfields, but I think Buffalo is doing the same thing to James Cook that Detroit is doing to Jameer Gibbs. You have two small running backs in Gibbs and Cook that can't pass block very well, so you're hoping that they just break a long one if you own them in fantasy. Otherwise, David Montgomery, or in this case, Latavius Murray, are all of a sudden guys that are going to get half of the carries or more. And yeah. it, it it's shitty because it, it, it came out of left field. There wasn't it even did. like any rumblings no. in, the, in the practice report of, oh, James Cook is going to take a back seat. It just, there you go. And You're James like, Cook wasn't even involved in the receiving game. No. Which is like, that's his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's tapered off as as the weeks have progressed. So six four three one four nothing last week. So uh, very difficult. Very difficult to predict going forward, especially as we're starting to enter the middle of the freaking season. Like, I don't know what to do with him. So, um, unfortunate, but I would start Tyler Lockett this week. And this is our last flex appeal, Yeti. Another Bills player. Let's bring him to the table. Mr. Gabriel Davis or Romeo Dubbies. I usually play it safe here, Slaps, but I'm gonna, I'm feeling a little dangerous. You feeling crazy? I'm feeling a little wild. Man, I'm gonna go with my boy Brick Hands. Gabe Spooktober Davis. has changed you. <laughs> it's my month, baby. It's the birthday month. You God dang. A little spooky. All right. I'm going Gabe Davis, man. Um, I don't really have any hardcore stats here. Other, it's just kind of a gut feeling here. Um, Romeo Dubs. I think he's going to take more of a backseat this week with Christian Watson being more involved, being healthier in this offense. And I think Christian Watson is a clear alpha on this, in this wide receiver room. Uh, Bill Belichick, you know, you, you hear stories about him. He's going to game script guys out. That guy is going to be Stefan Diggs, right? So Gabe Davis is a clear wide receiver too, obviously in this offense, Dalton Kincaid might be out again this week. He's still in concussion protocol, which that's the one less guy to worry about. Sure. So I'm rolling with Gabe Davis and hoping that he breaks a big one. You and can fucking hold on to the ball. Yeah, you can. I was on Romeo Dovey's side. <sighs> Gabe Davis is boomer boss, man. Like he's got. Yeah, I give told me Gabe you, I'm Davis. I'm feeling dangerous. All man. right, all right. I'll I'm ride with fun. you. I was gonna say Romeo Dubs, but your your uh, your conversation and Bill old Billiam, that whole thing, it convinced me. I'll ride Gabe Davis as well. He might have a shitty team, and he might be done after this year. But boy, can he take away a, a wide receiver one? <laughs> Just yeah, like a Devontae. He can do it. Week. He can do it. All right, let's get over to the brain busters. We got some questions. Let's get down to the brain busters. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Mail. First question comes from Kenny Statrill. You always got to stay true, baby. I, I'm not sure what that means. I'm going to be honest with you, but it sounds Just keep fun it real. Say. Is that yeah, what it means? It yeah. I think I'm getting out of, I'm getting a little out of it. Like with the hip lingo, you're getting uh, old, man. I, I guess so. Kenny, I do hope you stay true. My friend, he traded Raheem Mostert for Joe Mixon and Brandon. Ayuk. good or bad. He's in a full PPR league. He's four and two. He still has Eckler, Bajan, John Taylor, Cooper cup, T Higgins, DK and Zay flowers. Is I, is this, is this like a six-man league? or I don't know. Or is this Dynasty? There's no way you get all these people in a redraft format. There's no way. There's literally no way. Unless, yeah. It has to be a Dynasty. But even then, I'm questioning. Like You can't get Bajan and Eckler at the same. Unless on the late turn. But Cooper Cup would have. I don't know. I have a lot of questions here. Can Instead of us asking questions or them asking us questions, we should Let's have ask to them ask questions. them questions. Yeah. I agree. We're not going to give any answers. It's just questions. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say for sake of conversation that this is a dynasty league. 
he traded Mostert for Joe Mixon and Brandon Ayuk. I say yeah. 100%. Like you, ha- you still have a shit ton of great running backs right there. Um, and to get Joe Mixon, who's he's starting to show age and not be as great, but you still get Brandon Ayuk too. And Rohit Mostert is old as shit. So while he has had a wonderful year, Devon A. Chain is going to come back at some point. And I do think that he's really going to start cutting into Raheem's workload. So, yeah, I think you did really well there. I would take that trade. I guess probably if this was redraft, I think I'd rather have Moster at the moment. But uh, even then, yeah, I'd probably still Even in trade. redraft, yeah, I think redraft, I would take the mix and then Ayuk yeah. with uh, CMC. We don't know what he's going to be like. Debo, he's been banged up for the past three weeks, and it seems like it's getting worse. I got to yeah. go ride with my boy Ayuk here. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I you did good, sir. Kenny, you stay in trail, baby. Well done. Next question comes from Yeet Man One Four Three. Is Logan Thomas and Algier for Musgrave and Spears good? I'm assuming this is Dynasty, right? I don't know. I don't know. If it's Dynasty, yes, I love it because Musgrave is showing a lot of promise as a rookie in that Green Bay offense. He's tied to Jordan Love. I love it. Um, <laughs> Ty J Spears, he's, he, I mean, he's looking good with Derrick Henry in there right now. Derrick Henry might be traded away before the season ends. Yeah, I Musgrave and Spears on the here. chance that Henry gets traded, and he also has Bajan, so Algier is the handcuff. I'm fine with that. I, I, I still think it's fine. Yeah, I'm fine I, with that. I think Algier and Spears at the moment are kind of like very equal yeah yeah i'm fine with it i'd I'd be okay with it um this is the last question so if anybody has any questions i know that there's some people watching us live if you have a question now is the time to get it in because alex flores here has asked the last one in our bag so if you want to continue to fill up our bag with questions do so now and i'll i don't care if it's fantasy or not you can ask me what my favorite sandwich is and i'll tell you but only if you ask. Alex Flores does ask, I was offered Josh Jacobs and TJ Hawkinson for Bijan in a PPR league. Do I accept? I would say yes. no. I'm going to say no. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Why, Why would you? Why would you? So I'm getting Josh Jacobs and Hawkinson here for Bijan? Oh, I'm, shit, I'm sorry. I thought he was trading away Hawkinson and Josh Jacobs for Bashan. No, yeah, you 100% accept this trade right now. Whatever the Josh yeah. Jacobs and Hawkinson side is, is the side that you choose. Yeah. 100%. If you are giving up Jacobs and Hawkinson for Bashan, don't do it. Don't, if yeah. you're getting those two, yes, do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I was still thinking about my favorite sandwich that I offered people come in and ask the question to. So while I was reading this, I was like, I know what my favorite sandwich is if somebody asks. And you had to Google it? No, I just wasn't paying attention. No, Alex Flores, you take Josh Jacobs and TJ Hawkinson. Without Justin Jefferson on the field, TJ Hawkinson could end up being the primary beneficiary of that. He saw the most targets this last week, and I know it was a one-week outlier, so we can't take that as credibility, but I think TJ Hawkinson is a very safe own for me, and he is one of the better tight ends to own right now for fantasy. And Josh Jacobs is a slight step down from Bajon Robinson in my eyes, but not enough for is me. He? I think they're going to, I think Bajon's going to get more involved. He I has know. to, but for the, for the time being, Josh Jacobs is one of the few bell cows in, in the NFL. No, and it, yeah, no, no, no. For 90% of the end yeah. work, not only carries, but targets. He sure. leads all running backs with targets right now, which is great for your PPR league. He does. He's got a shit ton of targets. In the last three weeks, he's seen twenty targets, which or twenty-one targets. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, I would one hundred percent take this if you can, if you can pry Josh Jacobs and Hawkinson away for Bajan. Yeah, I would be doing it. So nobody asked me what my favorite sandwich was yet. I'm a little disappointed. Do you like your crust on or off? Depends on the sandwich. Mm, just plain white Wonder Bread, Sara Lee bread, whatever. Okay, but like, what kind of sandwich? You talking uh, like a ham PB and cheese? PB and J. Here's the thing. I'm too lazy to cut the crust off most times. If somebody else was to do it for me, I would say, yeah, get rid of the crust. Let's say, yeah, your fiance is making it. I would say if she's making it and she offers to cut the crust off, in a PB&J, no, it's fine because there's so much flavor and texture in there, it's fine. But if we're talking like a a ham and cheese sandwich with, with some mayo on it, if you would be as so kind to cut the crust off, I would take it that way. I enjoy it more that way. Yeah. 
Does what, about, it, what about you? Yeah. You cross guy, uh, or no cross guy. I'm a no crust guy. No crust I just guy. I just say, hate that it's different. Like the texture is different. When I eat, you know, white bread, it it almost feels like there's film around the bread, and I don't like that. No, I get that. I get that 100. I in fact, here's what I would do. I typically do this if I'm making a sandwich. I toast the bread. Yes. Because then it gets yeah. every it gets that texture kind of gets it. There's a an equilibrium of balance between the crust texture and the rest of the bread texture because then it's toasted. So what kind of like how long do you toast it? Like what's the ideal time? Just to get a little like a brown, I don't know time wise. Every toaster is different. Like but light golden? Or are we talking like brown brown? Like not brown brown. Burn? No, I would say right in between brown brown and light golden is right where <laughs> okay. that's the perfect toast. Where I'm like, you pick it up, the whole thing's toasted, but it's not like to the point where it tastes totally different. You I still got my put favorite me. is What's is that? like when the middle is like lightly golden, but the outside is still kind of white, but it's still toasted yeah. just like enough. Yeah, no, that's oh. what that's like the perfect Ooh. one. Yeah, if yeah. you can get if you yeah. can get that best sandwich, and I know people didn't ask, which is unfortunate because this is what the mailbag segments were. But you asked me, and I do appreciate that. So thank you for the question. Of course, that's what I'm here for. I ask yeah. the hard questions on you, this podcast. <laughs> you do, man. You made me really think about it because I like PB and J's as well. Anyway. Yeah, enough sandwich talk. We got to get the hell out of here. It's time to go. I appreciate you coming here with me today. And it, for everybody watching, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, if you could do us a huge favor and just click that subscribe button, I'm not kidding. It means the world, man, because we do this twice a week. We put a lot of time and effort to make this show, and, uh, and anything that you guys do to support us is so greatly appreciated. So thank you, guys. Check us out on all the platforms. I love you guys. I love you, Yeti. Let's get the hell out of here. I love you, man. Chef's kiss. We are out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.